Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to go to two verses in Psalm. I'm going to go to Psalm 144, and I'm going to go to Psalm 146. There's two verses there I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, But before I do, there's a quote I have. Any area of life that does not have an expectation of the goodness of God is under the influence of a lie. Uh, Let me say it again. Any area of life that does not have an expectation of the goodness of God is under the influence of a lie. How many of you are expecting the goodness of God? Well, you're not listening to the news, thank God. I'm real serious, because if, if you're not careful, the culture right now would have you expecting things to just get worse, right? Uh, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Any area of your life that is not expecting the goodness of God is living under the influence of a lie. We, we ought to be expecting tomorrow to be a better day. We ought to be expecting next week to be a better week. We ought to be expecting uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving to be best that we've ever had, Right? Psalm 144, verse 15 says, Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people whose God. Anybody in here believe that Jesus is Lord? Tell your face. Happy are the people who know that Jesus is Lord. Have you noticed how unhappy people are? Have you Really, seriously, I'm thanking God for masks right now. Because I don't want to see what they look behind that. I'm thanking God because I know that underneath that mask, they are troubled, right? But the Bible says that one of the symptoms of being a child of God is that you're happy. It means you're supposed to be having a good time. It means you're supposed to be enjoying life. Do you understand the first thing Jesus did was turn water into wine? Hello. Some of you know. Some of you know. I mean, he even said, I've come that you may have life and have it more. And one translation says that you would enjoy life, have it to its fullest, more and better. Last week, I told you that if you go to a church that never talks of sin, you're probably in the wrong church. But if you go to a church that all they ever talk to is sin, you're probably in the wrong. You remember that statement? And now I want to tell you something that's a fact. You can check it out. Jesus talked more about your happiness than he did about sin. Every time you see that word blessed are those, that word blessed means happy. Blessed are you when you're poor in spirit. Blessed are you. How many of you know we're all poor somewhere in our life? We, we may have all the money we need, but we're poor emotionally. Everybody has a poverty area of their life. I promise you, anybody in here that thinks they've got it all together, you're in the wrong place. Because ain't nobody in here got it all together. If you do, you lost it and you can't. Happy is the man who knows that Jesus is Lord. Psalm 146, verse 5 says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. Man, if God is our help, what do we got to worry about, right? And yet, the body of Christ seems to be the most unhappy I've noticed in a while, whose hope is in the God of Israel. Happiness. Happiness is a symptom. It's the result. It's the byproducts, the fruit of knowing that Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Happiness is so important to us. 
It's so important. I, ha I had two goals in my personal life this year. Two goals. I wrote them down on like December the 14th or 15th of 2019. Two goals this year. Number one was to be happier. Some of you ought to make that your goal. But it was my goal to be happier. My second personal goal was to focus. This is November of 2020 now. Those are the two things that I personally worked on this year. And it was 2020. Do you know how hard it was to stay focused in 2020? And to stay happy, to focus on being happy was my call. That's what the Lord spoke to me to be in my own personal life. Focus on being happy. And look at the year we've, man, couldn't have made it any easier. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but be a good, look at your neighbor and say, be happier. Did you know the Harvard University says that people that are happy have a better immune system? Could I just suggest to you that you will help yourself in the midst of a COVID environment if you'll be happier? Happiness can keep you healthy. Oh, you're, some of you aren't getting it. I mean, never mind. Happiness can keep you healthier. It helps your cardiovascular system. Harvard University says people that are happy live 10 years longer. Harvard University says people that are happy have better mental health. That explains a lot. People that are happier have greater resilience and can outlive trauma better than others. They're more creative. Happier people can recover faster. Happier people are more productive. They miss less days at work. They don't quit their jobs as often. Happiness is worth obtaining. It's worth maintaining. And yet I don't have to tell any of you that happiness based on circumstances is fleeting. That the happiness that Jesus speaks about is the results of a relationship with him. Happiest man has Jesus as Lord. Happiness that remains eternal is one that's based in a relationship that he gave to us, not by our own merit or our own talent, but given to us freely. That he chose us to be his brothers and made us the sons and the daughters of God. That happiness is connected to and released in our life to the degree that we're grateful for that relationship. That you have all been called and chosen. He's adopted you. He's absolutely forgiven you. But many people today live ungrateful of the gift of life that they have received. And it is gratefulness. It is gratitude that will unlock the gift of life in you that will produce the happiness that will empower you to live enjoyable lives. That in his presence is supposed to be pleasurable. But you will miss the pleasure if you don't appreciate the one that you're... You know I mean? People today are not enjoying their marriage because they don't appreciate the one they're married to. You see, happiness is not the results of the accumulation of stuff, but it's the appreciation of what you already have. Hmm. Let me give you a definition for gratitude. It's my definition, so I can do what I want to with it. Learning to recognize and express appreciation for the benefits that we have received from God. And you know how hard it is for people to learn how to recognize and express appreciation? 
You know how many people do not say thank you? They don't say thank you. They don't say please either, but that's a whole other sermon. I don't have, I don't have time to go into that. Gratitude, the ability to appreciate something that we've been given. Huh. I love Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his. To live today in appreciation of the life that we've been given, not because we've earned it, but because of his grace for us. I have received something from God, this relationship that I have, and I'm grateful for it. And because I'm grateful for it, I get to enjoy it, and then I get to be happy. You know what I mean? Christians are just satisfied with going to heaven, and they're not living a happy life. They're more focused on what they lost than what they have. Oh, well. See, I don't have any right not to be happy. I have news for you. I have, it, 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 ought to, it ought to be enough that you're not going to hell. If nothing else, you're not going to burn. Uh, let me just say it again. If nothing else, you're not going to get what you deserve. Okay, you don't deserve what you're going to get. You, you're going to get the... You, thank God you're not going to get what you've earned. Because you've earned something. Never mind. You ought to be happy that you don't get the grade that you... Because I got news for it. Listen, I, I truly have no right not to be happy. Gratitude, gratefulness. Thursday is Thanksgiving. I'm preaching this because Thursday is Thanksgiving. And gratitude, first and foremost, is a choice. I have to choose. I have to choose to be grateful. I have to choose to pull my mind into line. I have to choose to make my mind be grateful because my mind is always finding a reason to feel sorry for itself. Mm. I love Henri Nouwen. He's one of my favorite writers. He writes, to be grateful for the good things that have happened in our lives is easy. To be grateful for the good things is easy, but to be grateful for all of our lives for this moment is hard. I, I, I bump into all of you all the time. I see it. I can't wait for this to be over. Can I tell you, I'm grateful for every day that I have lived in 2020. I don't know what day this is of 365, but I'm grateful that I've lived in 2020. There, there's about 250,000 people that would like. I'm grateful to have lived 2020. I'm not upset about having lived 2020. It's had its problems but I've been alive. And so when I sit down at a table on Thursday with my family, I'm going to give great gratitude for having lived this life. This year, some of you have had a crappy year, but you're alive. Listen, a crappy year is better than no year. The alternative is... See, it's easy to be grateful for the good things that happen to us. It's a little more of a challenge to be grateful for all the stuff. See, we're only truly grateful people when we can say thank you for everything that's happening. And see, only people that are in relationship with Jesus get this because God takes all things. You sang it this morning. God takes the good, the bad, the ugly, turns it around. And, uh, am I making any? Am I just... We're going to sit down on Thursday and we're going to say, thank God for this year. 
Because gratitude is not a feeling, it's a choice. Gratitude is not based on your emotions. Some of you need to go to counseling and work through those emotions because they are robbing you of being grateful for what God has done for you. You believe in counseling? If the shoe fits, baby, put it on. Some of you need somebody to help you think different than you've been thinking about what's happened to you. You've never got over the stuff that's happened to you, so you can't appreciate what God's trying to do through you. Yes, I believe in Christian counseling. Yes, I believe you need to have somebody help you work through those emotions that are the results of bad things. Bad things happen to us. And we have emotions about it. And the bad thing can end, but the emotion can go on. Can I tell you something I'm concerned about? I'm concerned that even when the virus is over, we'll still be stressed out. I'm concerned that even when the vaccines come, you know how many times the lead gets lost? Hey, we've got some vaccines coming. It's bad. I'm concerned that next whatever, when this is over, people are still going to be living the results of having had the experience and are never going to be able to recover because they're just going to keep being. See, stuck. Paul talks a lot about this. And when he writes to the Thessalonians, he says, listen, in everything, give thanks. In everything. Say every. 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 Say, in everything, be grateful. He writes to them again, and he says, giving thanks always for all things. Now, that is messed up. (laughs) Giving thanks always. Say always. Always. Not whenever it feels like it. Always. Say always. Always give thanks in all things. Huh. The whole book of Colossians is filled with this kind of language, always be thankful, abounding in thanksgiving, being watchful in thanksgiving. What's that mean? I'm just looking for something to be grateful for. I'm just looking for something to go praise God. And whatever you do, give thanks. Hmm. Never mind. I could... When you sit down, give thanks. When you stand up, give thanks. When you lay down, give thanks. When you're paying your bills, give thanks. When you're changing a light bulb, give thanks. When you're flushing the toilet, give thanks you got something to flush. Some of you have forgotten that it's not always been there. There's been times I've gone in the bathroom and just flushed the toilet about three times and said, thank you, Jesus. Some of you aren't old enough to remember why I'm excited. Don't have to carry it out the door no more. It goes down a pipe, out somewhere. I don't know what happens to it. But it's gone. Thank God for toilets that work. Listen, I went to Russia in 1992. Theirs goes the wrong way. If you've ever been to Russia, their toilet, instead of flushing and going down, it comes forward. You know what happens when you dump about three gallons of water and it slaps it to the front of the porcelain? You'll get it in a minute. I'm just grateful that the garbage disposal works. I don't have to carry it out. See, you can find something to be grateful for if you're just willing. Choosing to be grateful. Having an attitude. Say with me, 
a merry heart. Look at each other, neighbor. A merry heart. Doeth good. Like a medicine. Look at your other neighbor and say, hold your nose and take this. I, I mean, you, you need to get happiness down on the inside of you. And that begins by being grateful and thankful for everything that's taking place in your life. That it is a proven fact that grateful people are happier people. That grateful and happier people are healthier people. It would appear to me that if you want to be happy, you ought to start giving thanks. But you can't allow gratitude to remain an attitude. You have to allow the attitude and the choice to matriculate out into and become a habit, an action. Have you ever heard somebody say thank you, but you knew they didn't mean it? Thank you. Right? No, no, no. If it just remains something that you think about in your head, if it doesn't, if it doesn't take on a practice or a habit, if it's not something you do, Romans writes, and he says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. They, they ignored it. They knew it, and they knew him, but they chose not to give him thanks. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, if you think about being thankful, but you never do anything with that, see, 10 of them got healed. One of them returned. 10 of them cried out to him, and he healed them of leprosy. But one Samaritan returned, and the Bible says everything was restored. That means the fingers grew back. The toe. How many of you like to be restored stuff that we've lost in 2020? Well, then there needs to be something about returning to be thankful. There's an action that's with the attitude. I, I keep hearing people tell me how stuck they are. And I want to say, until you do something with your body, do you know the only way to get over it? Scientific research says that if you're having trouble with a bad emotion, take a walk. Get outside. Get on a treadmill. The same science says dance. I want to tell people, if you want to feel better, come to church and dance. Of course, you need to go to the right church or they'll lock you up. Just saying. It says breathe deeply. In other words, if you want to heal the emotions and the stress that's in your, you got to do something with your body. Thanksgiving has to be more than just in your head. It has to take an action. It has to become a habit. Eli Wessel, who survived Auschwitz, I've seen an interview with him on Oprah. Yes, I watch Oprah. Ah, get over it. And she was interviewing Eli, who survived Auschwitz, and she said, despite all the tragedy that you've witnessed, there seems to still be this happiness inside of you. Why is that? His answer was, I'm just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be a human being. He said, the most prominent words in my life are thank you. The survivor of Auschwitz says the way you recover tragedy is to be grateful that you're alive. 
How many of you are just alive today? If you're not, we're going to pull you out. If you're alive, we should be living then with this habit of constantly saying, thank you. He said, for me, every hour is a gift of God's grace. The grateful people are full of the grace of God. And that to have an appreciative awareness of the reality that everything I have in my life is a gift. That the air I breathe is a gift. That the life I've received is a gift. That in fact, everything I have or everything I will ever be is a gift from God. To live this moment as recognizing that it's a gift to me. See, every time I think of the grace that I've received, I have to tell you something. I am filled with this Pentecostal shout. I've had to work over the last 40 years to temper it down because every time I think about the fact that he saved this little boy from Severy, Kansas, and that he's given me the life that I have, I am filled with this uncontrollable urge just to praise him for 20 seconds. See, it'll make you forget the circumstances that you're in. It'll make you look beyond the situations of your life, and suddenly you'll be filled with the reality that you have eternity in your grasp, and that no matter what this moment may be revealing to you, your moments will never end. And if it's not good, it ain't over. Oh, well. I'm trying to get you to understand that the way you break out of the depression is to change the attitude to gratitude and then the act like you are grateful by doing something that reveals that gratitude if it's nothing more than saying thank you. That there has to be a correlating action that faith without works is dead and a life without gratitude isn't going anywhere. Oh well. That understanding the gifts that God has given will result in a grateful life. That the Samaritan returned and said, thank you. And that Jesus in John chapter 4 went through Samaria, sat down at a well, and waited on a Samaritan woman. And when she showed up, he said, if you knew the gift that I'm offering you, And if you knew who it was that was saying this to you. See, I want to say to all of us and to all of you, if you knew the gift that was available to you this morning, you'd just simply ask him and it would manifest in your life. So thank you this day for giving me my daily bread. Thank you today that I'm alive. Thank you today that the air that I breathe, thank you today. He said, if you knew, you'd be happier. And that the lack of happiness in your life is the lack of respect and appreciation that everything you have, everything you are, is a gift. And that if he's given you this day to be alive, you ought to be doing something with it. Have you ever been around children that opened a gift that took their breath away? You see, that's my goal. My goal is to give you such a gift that it takes your breath away. Have you ever, have you ever seen a nine-year-old open a gift and they didn't know? <sighs> You've never seen that, huh? Then you bought the wrong gift. Listen, when you go shopping, if you go, oh, well, that'll work, forget it. Listen, I look for gifts that take breaths away from nine-year-olds. 
I've bought a couple, Matt. I've got a couple of these things. And I just know when they unopen it, they're going <gasps> to... The indescribableness of the gift that God's given to me. Every once in a while, I look at it again and I go... <gasps> The generosity of God overwhelms me this morning. If you knew, I promise you that the reaction to that gift is an action. Oh, you didn't get it. That when, that's an action. And every day I have that action to the gift called life. We have lost our appreciation for being. We keep thinking if that, when this, how this, if the, no, no, it's not about the accumulation. It's about, oh my God, I'm awake. See, if you start your day with gratitude, if you spend your day in gratitude, if you look back over your day with gratitude, I promise you the happiness of God. Though it's an attitude that you choose. It's an action that you can't control. Annie can tell you, we can be having the TV on and I'm reading a book or reading a verse and I'm like, did you? We were raising a couple of children living in Rose Hill, Kansas. I had gotten home and I had my Bible open and I was reading 1 John chapter 4. And it comes down there that says, God is love. Have you? Nobody's ever read that. I could stop the sermon and go that direction. I could preach another sermon in the middle of this sermon. I'm pretty good at that. And and I got down there and it said, He loves me. And I, and, and can I be real honest? Heck, I've been here 34 years. I don't care anymore. Uh, I had a Bible in one hand and a highball in the other. And when he got done, he said, one of these has to go. Can I tell you what I did? I went to the liquor cabinet, threw out about $1,500 worth of good liquor. Good liquor. We didn't buy cheap liquor. Some of you buy cheap liquor. What's the point? One of these has to go. Annie gets home. She notices there's stuff missing. And she says, what's happened to you? I said, didn't you know he loves us? She said, what? She said, I was reading this this afternoon, and it says he loves me. She's staring at me like, you're an idiot. Can I tell you today, I still open this book, and it says he loves me, and I get breathless about it? I I dare I'm going to say this. Some of you need to go home and throw something out. Oh, well, I didn't get one applause. Not one person went amen. Not not one of you realize that some of you got crappy attitudes that need to go. You're still thinking about the liquor. Forget the liquor. Some of you got bad attitudes that got to go. Some of you got stuff you've been hanging on to, and it's going to be hard to know he loves you if you're leaning on this. I should have left that out of the sermon. I can tell. It's an attitude that's an action that must become a lifestyle. 
Do you know that Samaritan woman that had been hiding from the neighborhood in which she was living in got up from the well and ran back into town and started telling them she had met a man at the well? She started giving away that which she had received. See, real gratitude, real thanksgiving begins to give away what one has received. And when your life becomes the source of life to other people and you start giving it away, can I tell you that all of a sudden you're now living a thankful life and not just waiting for Thursday. There are a lot of people still waiting till Thursday to be thankful. And can I say something to you? Living Thanksgiving is about living every day, sharing this love that God has given to you and the right that you have to be alive. If you really want to get happy, start giving life away. Oh, well. She ran into town. She participated in it. She wanted other people to have it. My favorite story in the Bible is between Jonathan and David. Anybody know about the story between the shepherd boy and the king? And the shepherd boy shows up all smelly, and the king falls in, the prince falls in love with him, and the prince gives him his clothes, takes the shepherd's clothes, and all of a sudden they make a covenant together. Anybody know this story? If you got time, I could preach a third message in the middle of this message, but... But my favorite story is how Jonathan dies, David's old, and he's going, I gotta give this away. Amen. I gotta give this away. Who can I give this to? They said, well, there's Mephibosheth down there in Lodabar, and he's been down there 25 years, and he's crippled. Go get him. And they bring him back. And in 2 Samuel chapter 9, just so that you know, I know the story, it says, oh, I'm going to give you back everything that belonged to your grandfather and to your father, but then I'm going to set you at the king's table. You really don't need anything because I'm going to carry your crippled butt to the table every day. Can you imagine? I bet you a dollar Mephibosheth was happy. I'll bet you a dollar that Mephibosheth was filled with joy every time they knocked on the door for breakfast and picked him up and carried him to the king's table. And he sat down at the king's table and he ate food that he didn't prepare and he didn't buy because now he was a child of the king. Do you understand that a lifestyle of gratitude every day when you get up and sit down at the table, you realized you didn't, that he prepares tables for us. That every time... See, there are a lot of untabled people and they have an unstable faith because they don't appreciate the table that is set before them. I love Blue Bloods. Just love Tom Selleck. Right? He played a great private eye, but can I tell you, he is a great dad. I mean, forget all the police stuff, but when he sits down at that table and his whole family is sitting around that table and they reflect on something, it just, oh my God, I've read stories about how it takes him eight or nine hours to film that four or five minutes. It's captured my heart into the reality that I actually see a blessing during COVID. And that is that families are having to eat at home more often. I am not feeling bad for you. Because some of you haven't known how, listen, I do not go out to eat with you because the food's any good. Because she's a better cook than anything in town. I got news for you. I don't go out to eat because I don't care any, listen, I don't like rib crib. It's just close. I want you to understand something. When we sit down at the table, the food will be good on Thursday, but the company is why I'm there. Listen, that styrofoam is horrible, but it ain't the styrofoam I came for. 
I came because he said, when you come together, if you'll table with one another, if you'll table with one another, if you'll recognize that the same gift you've received, they've received. That the same grace you have, they have. That if when you come together and you celebrate and you're breathless about the life that you've been given, I'll be right there. Listen to me. I'm excited about getting to that table in a minute because he promised when we agreed together and broke that bread together, he would be here. Oh, you're not. He said, I'll set a table before you in the presence of your enemies and your oil, his oil will, I'm, you know what I'm expecting to happen on Thursday? I'm expecting a new anointing to break out over my family. I'm expecting it. The turkey will be good, but can I tell you, there's going to be a fresh anointing come over my family because I'm going to be grateful that we're there. Oh, you're not, you're not. Everything in the Bible, you know, the beginning of the book says eat. The end of the book says drink freely. He starts by telling you to eat. He ends by telling you to drink. And all the way through the middle of this, there's a Passover meal that becomes the upper room. And then he says, often as you do it, he's eating with tax collectors and sinners and Zacchaeus and all these people. Because he said, if you'll have the lifestyle of breaking bread with one another, forgiving one another, loving one another, have the attitude that everyone in here is worthy to be received as a child of God. If you'll do that right. But can I tell you what's happening in the world today? We're divided because you did this and you did that. You voted this and you voted that, and I believe this, and you believe that, and I'm Catholic, and you're Protestant, and we're divided, and we're missing the power of God because we have forgotten He told us to come together for one reason, and that was because of His grace. You want the salvation of humanity? You want there to be healing in America and around the world? Then you got to break bread and forgive one another the way He forgave you. Oh, well... You're going to have to sit down at that Thanksgiving table on Thursday and forgive some of your kids. You're going to be mad because they made a mess while you were cooking dinner. You know how often people lose their cookies on Christmas afternoon? You bought them those gifts that would be breathless and now you're screaming at them because they can't pick it up. Oh well, you hate it when I'm too human. He's born in a manger. Why a manger? Eat, donkey. Mm. Attitudes. Attitudes. Do you know gratitude is sweeter than wine? You really want to get, you really want to get drunk, just start thanking God. I'm telling you, you start just giving God thanks. You start praising God. You'll become Pentecostal, not even like it. I had this young man I led to the Lord a long, long time ago, 40-some years ago. I led him to the Lord, and he was asking me about being spirit-filled. And I was telling him about being spirit-filled with all the wisdom I had. And never, never. And finally, I said, okay. He's a good Nazarene boy. I said, okay, I tell you what you do. You just start praising God. And when you run out of ways to praise God, he'll take over and praise himself. That was my wisdom at the time. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. The phone rings. You know, and you answer the phone. And he, I'm trying to figure out who this nut was. I thought they wanted him to come bail him out. I mean, 
And I pulled the phone back, and finally he got a word in. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm in Bartlesville. I said, what are you doing in Bartlesville? He said, I was going back to school. I said, okay. He said, I stopped at a stoplight. And I was just thanking God. And he said, the next... When he finally gets done, Blake, I said, where are you at? He said, I'm in a phone booth. I said, a phone booth? He said, yeah. He said, I had to call and tell somebody. Can I tell you, if you really want to experience the presence of God, just start thanking God and give up your theology. And can I tell you something? I've preached a sermon. How many of you have been here when I had the kitty table? The kitty table, you know. That's the one we bring it to you. And then you got the big table, right? The adult table. And we, we say thanks over there. They're eating potatoes before we get done with amen. But then there's the Lord's table. Some of you stuck at the kitty table. We're supposed to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're supposed to live every day like it was a gift from God. We're supposed to live every day in thanksgiving, not just one day a year. I'm grateful for this year. I'm grateful for everything about this year. I'm telling you, the way to survive the rest of the year, the way to survive next year, the way to thrive next year, the way to overcome is make up your mind today to choose gratitude to let that gratitude become an action and let that action become a lifestyle where you give your life to others. I don't come to this table every week because of why some of you think I might. I come to it simply because he carried me there. He brought me out of a lifestyle, out of a mindset, and he set me down at a table and he said, you'll be my son for eternity. And I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. And life has been bad and life has been good. There's been celebrations and there's been funerals. But in the midst of it, I'm still his child. And I'm grateful to be here. And I have no rose-colored glasses about what the future may or may not hold. But I will be grateful for every moment of it. Are you listening to me? Because happy is the man who knows that God is his Lord. Happy is the man who knows that the God of Jacob is his help. And whose hope is in the Lord. I'm happy today. Not because all the circumstances look bright but because I have this relationship that he chose to have. And I'm going to try to give it away to everybody. That's why I will not engage in so many of the things that took place this year. I'll not engage. I'll not engage. Because I think every one of you are a child of God. Every one of you. I don't care if you got drunk this morning. I don't care if you smoked a joint coming to church. I don't, I don't care... 
I don't care. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. Every one of you are a child of God. Fearfully, wonderfully made. In the likeness and the image. And His Spirit rests in you and on you. And you will overcome. This is the week for you to go back to your homes and sit down. Look at everybody around that table. Some of you are going to be upset because who's not there? I'm going to be grateful for who is. And I'm going to FaceTime the ones that aren't. And I'm going to be grateful for them wherever they're at. Are you listening to me? And then I'm just predicting that we're going to be better than we've ever been. I'm predicting that the exceeding greatness of his power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Right where you're at, whether you're at home, whether you're here. Could you just close your eyes right now and start telling him thank you for something. I love showers. I, I love the way Annie looks at me when she's upset with me. You'll get that in a minute. Thank you for this thing called life, Lord. I pray that you bring healing into Mark's life. I pray that you bring healing into all those that are at home, that are in quarantine. I pray that you continue to give strength to Anita, to Adam, to Roseanne. I just pray that, Father God, you reach out and you touch those that are at home and you manifest your goodness and your generosity and your life, wherever they may be. I thank you, Father, for protecting this room. We've done all we know to do. Lord, we just depend on you now. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show, and it'll just drop right into your feed, and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you, and you can become one of our givers, and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless, and I'll see you next time.